Those of you who've been with us for the past few weeks know that we've been doing a series here at Thrive. It's called Who's Your Daddy? Would you turn your neighbor and with the lowest Barry White voice you've got, can you tell them, who's your daddy? Can you say that right now? Can you say that to them right now? Who's your daddy? All right. And uh, why do we call the series Who's Your Daddy? Is because this series is all about getting to know your heavenly father. Everyone say, my heavenly father is that we've been learning in this series that your Heavenly Father is an encourager. He loves to encourage you. We've been learning that your Heavenly Father is a healer. He heals disease. He heals sickness. Nothing is too difficult for Him. We've been learning that you know, our Heavenly Father is also one who tests us from time to time, not to be cruel to us, but so that He can bring out the best in us. If you believe that, say amen. And this morning, we're very, very privileged to have uh, my dear friend and our dear friend, Pastor Tim Ashoe here. Pastor Tim and his lovely wife, Sandra, have been uh, in a number of places around the world recently to minister to different people in different countries. They were in Dubai recently. Uh, they were in Japan as well. They've been doing a lot of flying these days. They're like one big bird uh, flying for Jesus. Uh, not so much a seagull, but even bigger than that. And uh, by the way, that, that seagull, that seagull, you, you may be asking, well, why, why don't we just get rid of the seagull? Why don't you just like, get a water gun or a, another kind of gun and, and do something? About the, and uh, and we, we've been told that by the authorities that we need to uh, let them be and uh, until the, the baby bird is about to fly and, and get ready to kind of take off its wings and so or not take off its wings but take off with its wings um, and uh, and then they're going to kind of go on their own and so we're just trying to keep everyone safe in the, in, in the time being uh, uh, and uh, we are so glad because in the kingdom of God there's no safer place to be than in Jesus Christ if you believe that say amen. He is the one who came to show us who our Heavenly Father is. And here to tell us more about the fourth aspect of who your daddy is, who your Heavenly Father is, would you please give a very warm, thrive welcome to the one and only Pastor Tim Ashoe. Let's give him a big hand, big shout in this place together this morning. Praise God. Well, it's wonderful to be here this morning. Uh, whenever I come here, I love the worship and the sense of the presence of God. Uh, and when I have to speak, I'm excited and nervous, always. And, uh, but you're a great audience, great people, and I do feel safe here, right from coming in the door today. <laughs> That was amazing. I'll always remember that. I don't think you'll get an entry like that into any church. <laughs> Special little bird there. Yeah, God loves the birds. He created them. This morning, um, we're going to be dealing with the subject of uh, our father as being a father of comfort. I want to say before I get into that, that this series is an important series because the Bible teaches us that the people who know their God will be strong and they'll do exploits. Daniel said that in Daniel chapter 11. So getting to know your heavenly father is very important because that is the source of our strength. When we really get to know who He is and we put faith and trust in Him, uh, we are strengthened by that message, and uh, it brings us great, great hope. So how many of you want to do exploits for God? Raise your hand. Amen. We all want to do exploits. We want to do great things. We want to do greater and greater things for His name, for His honor, and for His glory. Also, 
in the Bible, the book of Job says, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. We are insecure in our lives because we don't know who our daddy is. But when we really know who our daddy is, our heavenly father, uh, we are at peace in our souls, and there's a rest that comes in our hearts, and we say, it's okay. Daddy's going to take care of it. It's okay. Pastor JB's out there with his umbrella, <laughs> as, long, as well as some others. And it's, it's good to have that sense of security. Our, our Father is a loving Father who cares deeply for each life. And that's the message we want to have come through this morning. Now, I think we have on the screen 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Is that correct? We have that on the screen. And uh, let's, let's read that together <clears throat> as, we, as we begin this message this morning. So here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. <clears throat> we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that we will continue to deliver us. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, this is good news. This is good news. We want to talk again about the, the father of comfort. And, I, and I, I coined it like this, the father of comfort, compassion, and the cause and effect of that. And because we live in a fallen world, with a devil seemingly ever-present, there's a lot of pain in our world. And there's a lot of grief that we go through. And in this grief, and in this pain, and in this opposition, and in this warfare, we are so in need of the comfort of God. <clears throat> Just like Job, who suffered many things, Related to three important areas, Job was attacked and he needed comfort from God regarding family, even finances. He was attacked in the area of his family because his family was wiped out. The reporters came one day and said, you know, your, 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 your children are gone. 
And then his finances, while he was a very, very wealthy man at the start of the story, we find that as time went on and the tax came, his finances were wiped out. And then we find another area that he struggled in it was with his friends. Uh, some of these guys that were around him, uh, well, I mean, if you call them friends, uh, I, I don't think you can really count on that, that term. Because they were, they, were, they were judging him. They said, Job, what you're going through, you know, is, is because of what you've done and you've failed and this and that. And, and if we fail, we know, and we don't need somebody to come along and affirm that. Uh, we, we, need, we need comfort in, a, in our failure and, and uh, encouragement to do what is right in the midst of our failure. Yes, if we have failed, we need to repent, we need to confess. But we know that our Heavenly Father is right there to forgive us so that we can, we can go on. There are forces out there that caused him a lot of discomfort in his life. However, we know in the end, the, the statement of Job in Job chapter 42 and verse 5, he says, I have heard you at the hearing of my ear. Uh, I've, I've heard about you. But he said in Job 42, 5, he says, Now my eye sees you. And he found out who God really was. He came, had a real encounter with God as God really, really was. And when we are in the midst of this kind of thing, this kind of difficulty, we so much need the comfort of our Heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but there have been days when I have uh, ended the day and I say, God, I don't know where else to turn. I just have to turn to you. It's been a tough day. It's been a rough day. And, and it seems like we're pressed on every side. And, and, and Paul talks about that in the scripture that we read. And uh, many times I would just lay on, maybe sometimes on the couch, late at night, and say, God, I just need you. I need you in my life. I need your comfort. I need your help. I don't know how I'll get through this unless you help me. Then you discover that God comes with his grace, and he comes with his comfort, and he, and he comforts, and he gives strength. And, you know, you can go to sleep after all of that and wake up in the morning and say, hey, come on, let's, let's go for it. This is another exciting day, and, and we start again and how we need the comfort of God in our lives. <clears throat> so we can lose hope in the midst of these things and wonder, God, what are you up to? An overview of Scripture repeatedly tells us that our Heavenly Father is the God of all comfort. That's who He is. He is the God of all comfort. And Jesus is so filled with compassion toward us, as was already mentioned in the, in the worship this morning, that he's our healer. He comes to, to give us healing, and, and he comes to bring us that hope and that comfort, and he comes with this sense of compassion. And, of course, the Holy Spirit, who Jesus sent after he ascended, is known to us as the Comforter, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, John chapter 16. You read about this. And, and, and this is the very nature of God. The nature of the triune God is comfort. 
turn to somebody and say, the nature of God is comfort. Not only does God do this for us, but this is his nature. This is who he is. He is the God of all comfort who comforts us in every difficulty, in every trial, in every distress. He comes to us and he brings us hope. Now, he does not remove all the discomfort from our life. doesn't remove it all, but he helps us to live through it and walk through it victoriously. He continues to comfort us in the midst of discomfort by his amazing intervention in our lives. And we read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 10. I just want to review some of that scripture just a little bit. Verse 3, we read about him as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want us to miss that thought. Jesus had a father, and his father was our heavenly father. And the Bible calls him the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get a better dad than that. I mean, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Consider that relationship between Jesus and his father. Jesus was very close to his father. He was in step with what his father was doing. He said, I do only those things that I see the father doing. That was his relationship with his daddy. He just wanted to, to, to be in sync with his father. I think in the same way, that's what we should desire to do. We should say, oh, God, I just, I just want to be in step with you. I want to do those things, Heavenly Father, which you are doing. I want to be in sync with you. And, of course, the Heavenly Father said of, of Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I believe in a similar way God looks at you, and he says, you are my beloved Son. You are my beloved daughter. I'm well pleased with you. And, and, you know, the devil comes to condemn and says, oh, you failed here and there. No, our, our Heavenly Father loves us so much, and he's well pleased with you as his creation and well pleased with you as his new creation. Not only are you a creation of God physically, but you are a creation of God spiritually when you were born again you were born again of incorruptible seed, the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And, and that brought forth in you sonship so that you are now a son and daughter of God, and God is looking down on you. He's looking down on his church today. He says, wow, these people are awesome. Look at the great things they can do. Look at the potential in them. Turn to somebody and say, you are full of potential. You're full of potential. It's amazing what, there, what is in us, the, ability, the inherent ability that is in us. And, and the Father is so proud. He rejoices over you with joy. That, that's how he looks on you. 
Some of you might say this morning, I, I never knew that. I'm, I'm bringing you good news this morning. God's looking up, upon you, and he's saying, I, I, I'm rejoicing over you. You know, a lot of people view God as this God up in heaven who's just always judging. Always looking, oh, there they are. Made another mistake. Too bad, you know. Another one for you. And by the time you come to the end of your life, there'll be so many mistakes, you'll just be wiped out. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the righteousness of, of God which comes to us through Jesus Christ so that then God can look at us and he say, I'm proud of these people because they're covered with the blood of Christ. I purchased them with great price. And I love them. I love you very, very, very much. So... This is my beloved son in whom I will. Yet in his infinite plan to achieve redemption's plan, it seemed as if he forsook Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I believe that in a similar way in our lives, we go through times we wonder, God, have you forsaken us? But the truth is he has not. It might seem for that moment to be the case, but he has not forsaken us. This momentary absence did not overwrite him being the ever-present one. God is ever-present as the God of comfort. He is always there. We don't always feel it. We don't always recognize it. But he is always there. He is absolutely consistent in his presence to comfort us and to be with us in our darkest hour, in the dark hour of the soul. I want to talk this morning about reasons for these seasons of distress. Reasons for seasons of distress. Let me give you a number of points this morning to consider. Number one, not to erase the constant caring and comfort of our Lord. When we go through these seasons of distress, and God allows those in our lives, it is not to erase the constant caring and comfort of our Lord. That is there regardless of whatever happens. His care is always there at hand, even though it seems he may have removed himself. You know, our perception can be deception. What we perceive to be is not always correct. You follow me this morning? Well, we perceive, we, we perceive, oh, God, it just doesn't seem like you're there, but he is there. That's our perception, and our perception sometimes can be deception unless we come to the Word of God and we come to the truth of God. But God is always there. He is always there to comfort us. He is always there to help us in every distress, in every difficulty. He is always there. He is always there. He is always there. He is always there. He's always there. He's always there. He's always there. That's our God. Turn to somebody and say, he's always there. Number two, 
He promises, verse 4, he promises to comfort us in all our tribulation based on this being his very nature. That's his nature. That's who he is. So he promises to comfort us in all. Somebody say all. All our tribulation. We have sometimes the notion, well, he'll come to us in this one and that one, but I'm not so sure about that one. Whereas the Word of God says he, com- he comforts us in all our tribulation, in all the difficulties, when we're being torn apart, when, when it seems like our, our heart is being torn apart and it seems like our world is falling apart, he is there in all our tribulations. This, because this is his nature. It's not just something he does occasionally. It is who he is. So important we understand the, the nature and the character of God. Number three, he allows us to go through things so his comfort can work through us to others. That's what we learn from that portion of Scripture. He allows us to go through things so that his comfort can work through us to others. You see, others are going through the same trials and difficulties and temptations as we are. There's, the Bible says that the temptations and troubles and difficulties are common to man. Uh, we, we, we go through the same stuff. Many times we, we have this notion that, you know, we're the only person in the world that has faced this difficulty. <laughs> I'm the only person who has had a financial reversal or, you know, I'm the only person that has experienced pain. No, this is common to all of us. All of us go through these things. But, you know, God is setting the stage to work so that that we, we going through this can bring his comfort to others. So you say... You know, I went through this too. And the person, you can identify, and the person says, really? I thought I was the only person in the world that's gone through this. But God takes us through different things in our lives. Remember, my wife and I went through a, a very difficult thing uh, quite a number of years ago with, uh, in, in the context of our family. And I was saying to God, you know, this is, it really isn't fair. I'm your servant. I'm a good guy. I'm a pastor. <laughs> I keep doing all these good things, and, I've got, and I've, I've got some of these bad things now coming at me. And the Lord came to me very assuredly, and he says, I'm bringing, I've allowed this in your life so that you can identify with other people who are going to go through the same. Because you cannot pastor them if you have not gone through the pressures that they are going through. Number four, while we draw comfort from God, we can comfort others by his grace. So we're going through the tough times. We're going through the difficulties. Why? So that we can comfort others by his grace. And in these difficulties, as we turn to God and as we cry out to God, as we lean on him, 
we draw comfort from him that we can give to others now or down the road. And, and it's, it's the way God works. It's, it's, it's the way he's planned it to work. It's just the way he does things. And how many of you know his ways are past finding out? He's, his ways are, are higher than our ways. And so, therefore, it's so important that we, we say, God, thank you for what you're taking me through, and I'm trusting for your grace and trusting for your comfort because I know a day or two or a month or two or a year or two from now, I'm going to be able to help somebody very effectively, very effectively. One of the young pastors that we had released to ministry um, was going through a very difficult time. People weren't particularly nice to him, and, you know, that can happen. People lose their way and lose their moorings and aren't thinking and make mistakes and ill-treat pastors from time to time. And, uh, and he sort of cried out to God, and he said, God, I just feel like I'm being used. Anybody ever felt like that? Maybe in the workplace, you know, I'm being used. They're just using me. And then he remembered a prayer that he prayed, and he said, a number of years before that, before he got into the ministry, he said, God, I just want to be used of you. <laughs> and here he was being used. <laughs> watch how you pray. Turn to somebody and say, watch how you pray. <laughs> God, I'm being used. And so while we draw comfort from God, we can comfort others by his grace. Number five, the greater the suffering, the greater the consolation we bring to others. Somebody say, wow, wow. So you go through deep suffering and you say, oh, man, God, this is too deep. This is too much. But, but God is saying, I'm taking you through the depths of suffering so that I can take you to the heights of consolation. You'll be a great consoler of others. You'll be able to bring comfort proportionately. You say, but God, this is so deep and this is so dark. And God says, I've got grace coming for you that's going to be able to offset all the depths of what you're going through because the greater the suffering, the greater the consolation we bring to others. You see, we're, we're, we're not losing in the midst of this. We're gaining. You know, Satan may even afflict us, but the affliction will attract grace. Come on now. The affliction will attract grace. As we have faith in God, the affliction that we're going through, the difficulty we are going through, will attract grace to give out in multiplied ways. Where do you get that from? Well, verse 5, it says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. 
So God comes in greater and greater measures of grace and comfort to console us. I'd like to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. And the Apostle Paul says some very interesting things in this chapter. Paul starts this way. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure. I'm reading from the King James Version, the version that the Apostle Paul used. Some of you didn't catch that. <laughs> he said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. You know, one of the ways that God helps to keep us humble is he puts us through these, you know, we have these high experiences like Paul had. You know, he had this so much revelation from God when he was in in the desert he got he got the revelation of the grace of God and he was taken up so high you know into the fifth heaven or whatever and 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 there was all of this happening in his life that was so high but God gave him something to offset that just a little bit it was given to him a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure See, God helps to keep us humble. Turn to somebody and say, God helps me to be humble. <laughs> oh, for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. I'm sure Paul was saying, devil, you just take a hike. Get out of my life. I don't need you in my camp, in my life anymore. Get out of here. He says, I sought the Lord three times that it might depart. He was using all the prayers of authority and who knows what else. And then verse 9 says, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities or in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but I have. I Sometimes I've felt so weak, I thought, oh, God, how can I do this? I just can't do this. I can't go another step. I can't preach another service, a sermon. I can't teach another class. I can't counsel another person. I, I'm just weak. I'm so weak. You know, God arranges it so that we are like that. So we are totally reliant on him. Because when we are weak, then we are strong. Hello. When we're weak, then we're strong. And so God said to him, you got this thing troubling you. It's this messenger of Satan that's buffeting you. He said, my grace is sufficient. And so he said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon. In other words, Paul said, I'm going to thank God for the challenge. I'm going to thank God for the weakness, and I, I'm, but I'm going to turn to God so that I find my strength in Him, not in myself. 
so that I will not be reliant upon the flesh, but that I will be reliant on the Spirit to do what He wants to do in my life. Therefore, now this is, this is the part that just really seems far out. Therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Then he goes on to say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul was basically saying, bring it on. Bring on the distress. Bring on the persecution. God, if this is your plan, bring it on. Because I know this much, that when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm buffeted, when I'm persecuted, when I'm in a place of necessity, where, when reproach is coming on my life, I learn to rely on God. And I who am weak... Become strong. This seems so irrational. This seems so wrong. How can this be? You're getting all this negative stuff coming out your life, and so Paul is saying, I take pleasure in that. You see, Paul had risen to a level of maturity in understanding the ways and the purposes of God so well that he said, when this negative stuff is coming at me, I'm going to start praising God. It's like, like, like the apostles who were in stocks and bonds in, in prison, and they were praising God. That's ridiculous. You, I mean, to, to human understanding, you've got to be crazy to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Praise God in a prison cell while you're, you're tied up. But this is the Christian way. Because when we're... When we're dying, resurrection life comes to us. When I am weak, then am I strong. I must bring this to conclusion. You know, the Beatitudes come in here. Don't have time to go into that. But the Beatitudes were blessed are they that are persecuted. Because theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. See, along with the tough dying resurrecting stuff. Woven in this is the tenderness of the Father. And God is coming to our rescue. He's coming to our aid. He's coming to your aid. You might feel really in distress this morning. You say, oh, can I go another step? Yes, you can. Because when you're weak, then you're strong. This is the nature of our father. This is the nature of our daddy. You'll be okay. Turn to somebody and say, you'll be okay. Draw on his grace. Turn to somebody else and say, draw on his grace. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are someone who realizes you need God's comfort this morning, just even now, just take this moment just to give whatever it is that you are struggling with today to God. You say, God, I give that sickness to you. God, I give that problem to you. God, I give that crisis to you. God, I give that uncertainty to you. God, I give that worry to you. Thank you, God, that you see everything that I go through. You just, you just give that to God right now. Take like just 10, 15 seconds to give that to God, and I'm going to pray with you and for you right now.
If you realize that you need God's comfort, you want to be a comforter of others, why don't you just raise your hand to heaven right now and just pray this prayer with me right now and say, Lord Jesus, thank you that you came to show us who our Heavenly Father is, that he is our comforter. Thank you that your comfort flows into my life. Even now, I receive your comfort for my problem, for my stress, for that worry, for that uncertainty, for that struggle. Thank you that you are more than enough for me and that I have everything I need when I turn to you, that your grace is sufficient for me, that your power is made perfect in my weakness. And so I give it all to you today. Thank you, God, that you made me not just to receive your comfort, but to extend your comfort to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout here in this place together right now?